I love scotch. 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 Yep. Have another whiskey. If you'd like to speak to me in person, press one. If you'd like to order drugs, press hash. <laughs> I had a gentleman in the crowd that was like, tell me how to drink Glenfiddich. And I was like, I will not do that. Yep. You drink Glenfiddich how you want to drink Glenfiddich. Wear a cowboy hat in Los Angeles and look at the amount of looks you get. Yeah. It's unbelievable. This is the most flamboyant city on earth. You wear a cowboy hat. People look at you like you are yep. like an alien. The Beatles came on and they might pick me up on his shoulder. George Harrison is as close to me as that wall now. I went, all right, George, all right. And he went, cock. <laughs> and that was the closest <laughs> I ever came to the Beatles. <laughs> have a whiskey while we... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, Cheers. Welcome back to United States of America, and I'm very excited to have on the show Charlie King of Bluebell Events, who is a wedding and event designer, not just a wedding and event planner. Um, so I'm very excited to have her on. We're going to have lots of fun stories about some of the things she's seen in the world that she works in. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie. Thank you. Hi, Dan. I'm already two whiskeys in, so woohoo! <laughs> 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 so I, I haven't actually opened mine yet. But actually, sometimes I just start with stories. But actually, let's start with whiskeys. What, what whiskey are you drinking, Charlie? I like the boys, Jack and Jim. So I'm on my Jack Daniels tonight, but I'm a bit of a lightweight, so I'm afraid. Don't judge me, but there's ginger ale in here too. Nothing wrong with ginger ale. As I said to you before, one other guest has done this. We had Nigel Lithgow on, who was putting ginger ale in his drink, so that's fine. So... Cheers, Nigel Lithgow. I'm about to pour mine out. So I was trying, I always try and pair the whiskey with a guest. And I was thinking, shall I drink a whiskey related to I think I have been to a couple of events that you have designed uh, and planned. And I was thinking, shall I do a drink for one of those? But I just got really lazy. And um because your event's bluebell, um, I'm drinking Johnny Walker Blue. Oh, Dan, that's really nice. Thank you for that. Um so let's start. So you were, yes, former life, a stripper. No kidding. <laughs> dancer, actress, um, and now you're in this world. Tell tell me about the transition. Well, what what your life was like in the old world, and how that set you up for this new world that you work in. You know what, Dan? It's really weird. I, when I was doing musical theatres, I, I spent um, 12 years in the West End right out of school. I was 16 and I landed my first job in 42nd Street in the West End, um, which was a dream come true. And in the back row of the chorus was a, an unknown, now very famous friend, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. So we met in the back row of the chorus in 42nd Street. And I had no idea when I was jumping from show to show and going from me and my girl to cats to Joseph to Greece, that I was collecting all this beauty that is a musical, that is musical theater and how a show is run. I was kind of storing it in my brain for this second act of my life, which was which was events because doing a wedding, doing an event, doing a show is literally you're like putting on a Broadway show. It's got to have a beginning, a middle and an end. It's got to have a great timeline. It's got to have excitement and ebb and flow and it's got to look beautiful. And, and it, so there's so much, so many similarities. It was really bizarre that, you know, I didn't really realize it until I was in the event world that I realized that I had spent 25 years, you know, preparing for the second act of my life. 
So it was a weird and seamless transition. It's very strange, but I love both careers and I feel extremely lucky. So just on Catherine's interviews, I know during the um, during the pandemic, everyone was trying to find things to do and you started doing interviews with people. So not podcasts, yeah. but you were doing sort of live interviews with people that yeah. I pop up on Instagram. It's like, today I'll be talking to Catherine Zeta-Jones. I'm like, oh, not, well, not a bad guest to keep people amused during the pandemic. It was really weird how it happened. So the pandemic hit and for an event planner, designer, it was like the worst thing that could have happened because I'm with gathering with hundreds of people at events. And so everything shut down. And I had an amazing lady who was a financial advisor and I I was supposed to have a meeting with her on this. I remember it so clearly um, the day before the shutdown and we were supposed to have this big talk about 2020 was going to be the year, you know. And she said, yeah, well, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because you're not going to be able to do anything. So basically you need to sit tight. And, you know, she was very helpful. And she said, well, what are you going to do to help people? She said, because you need to help people through this transition. And I was like, I, I, I hadn't really thought, I didn't realize how bad it was going to be. And so I left the meeting thinking, well, well, yeah, what can I do to help people? And I suddenly thought, well, all our events are going to be canceled. We, if our contracts are full of force majeure and, you know, who knows what force majeure is. We've never really had to use it before. So I thought, well, I should really, I have a lawyer friend that's a, a wedding he does a wedding, wedding lawyer, amazing wedding, wedding lawyer. And I said, I called him up and I said, I have this crazy idea. I'm going to do a live um, Instagram show called Bluebell Talks. And I would love you to be my first guest. I have no idea what I'm doing or what I want to do with this, but will you come on and help the wedding industry? Cause we're going to need help. And he said, yes. So this amazing guy, Robert Shank, came on my show and we talked about all our contracts and what we need to do and how we're going to get through this. And I was getting all these followers and wedding planning and all my wedding industry listening because we all needed help. And Catherine tuned in and she texted me. She went, what are you doing? I went, I have no idea. I said, but I'm having so much fun. And so she said, well, I'll come on and be a guest. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so she came on and was my second guest and um, Michael came on and it was just lovely. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. amazing. I, so I, uh, I lived in Bermuda for a few years. Yeah. And um, I think I met her a couple of times at events at Government House. Um, <laughs> I was a journalist in those days. So see, she was sort of queen of Bermuda along with her yeah. husband Michael and all that and um so we saw them at quite a few events and I'm sure I wrote lots of stories about them at various times as a joke not I hope in, they were all lovely <laughs> yeah no not in a mean tabloid way because that's not yeah. how it works in Bermuda journalism but I remember doing stories I think Tony Blair when he was prime minister went round there for dinner and I remember oh how nice uh, Tony Blair went round there <laughs> for wait Sir Tony Blair isn't it oh it is now yeah well yes indeed soon soon to be uh, um anyway so <laughs> Actually, this is. I'm going to ask this question because maybe I'm being naive. What does a wedding lawyer do? Um, so, um, so the wedding industry, you know, well, we live in America, so we be obviously very careful. Our contracts have to be very tight. And um, he's a fantastic lawyer. We did something on Clubhouse as well together. I don't know if you were into Clubhouse or knew what Clubhouse was, but you know, we would do a show on that where people could. Um, you know, talk about issues that they were having, especially during COVID. There were so many ups and downs and nobody was doing the same thing. And it was a hideous time for all of us. And um, he just 
yeah, a wedding lawyer is, helps everybody in the wedding industry be, you know, safe and buttoned up. And he was instrumental and such an enormous help during COVID. Well, I guess I got married in England uh, <laughs> 13 years ago. I don't think they have wedding lawyers in England. Maybe they yeah. do. I feel like they didn't 13 they years ago. They probably do now. But yeah. Maybe not 13 years ago. <laughs> so I do want to talk about the pandemic a bit, but let's try. It's nice to not talk about the I know. Um, wedding and event planning and designing in Los Angeles and around must be the most fascinating industry to be in, isn't it? it is. Yeah, it's a it's a multi it's a multi billion company. I mean, industry. It's it's huge over here. It's not so big in England, but it it's huge over here. And there are many 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 wedding planners out there, um, all different kinds. Um, I I say I'm a wedding planner, but I'm also um, a designer. So I design all the weddings. So I'm full service. So a couple will come to me, and uh, they'll either know what they want or they won't know what they want, and I'll will make their dreams come true. So I help them do every aspect of it. So there are some people that just like to plan and just do the logistics and do a month out. But I like to start from scratch and do absolutely everything. So you know you could have. 20, 30 vendors to manage on a day. You're doing the, the, the load-in, the build-out, the flowers, the linens, the chairs, everything. It's like it's like a huge production. So that's what I love to do. And then during the pandemic, it all came crashing down. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember when we got married, it was it's a it's a very odd thing when you get married. I mean, we had the the venue, we got married at a country house in Surrey. And oh, nice. Planner who helped it weirdly got burnt down. Uh, it was, um, they used it in the movie, uh, Kira Knight, it was in the movie, The Duchess, it was filmed there, but then the place burnt down a few years later, which is slightly unfortunate, because I think they're rebuilding it, but it's a shame when your wedding venue burns down, at least it didn't burn down, obviously, during or before our wedding, but I remember, you know, I guess when you get, obviously, getting married for the first time, we had this planner, and, you know, the things that you have to think about, Mm. No and ours was relatively simple you know it's what color chair covers do we want and you know what flavor of cake choosing the cake i think was my favorite part, yeah. part of the whole thing but i feel like in this part of america particularly it's not as simple as what color linens do you want in your chair it's you know which sea view do you want which animals do yeah. you want exactly do you want a llama or do you not want a llama yeah, you so know I mean, how not necessarily extravagant, but how unique do people want things here? And is everyone looking for something very different here? I think it's I I look at it when I talk to my couples as I want I want the wedding to be an extension of them. So when their guests go to the wedding, they're like, oh, this is so them. This is everything that they love, you know, their favorite drinks, their favorite food, their favorite music that they love to dance to. So I love it when couples come to me and they and I really get to know them and I can create them for their wedding. So it's not really about how extravagant and over the top it can be. I mean, those weddings are always so much fun to do. Just, you know, so much fun. But then it's also just as fun when I have the other kind of weddings that um, are smaller or intimate and that you can really get to, to know the couple. That's the beauty of these weddings out here. That's what I try to do anyway. So obviously, not, you know, 
be respectful for everyone you've worked with. Give me some examples of some of the requests that you've dealt with. Either I feel like there's a llama story, but but what yeah. other sorts of things have people wanted here that maybe you hadn't seen before or expected? You know, it's it's the it's the animals. You know, over here when you when you do Indian weddings, well, not now, but you used to be able to have an elephant for Indian weddings, and they don't allow it anymore. But um, yeah, the groom used to come in, he's got a barat, and he arrives on a, on an elephant. That was always fabulous to do. And there was one elephant that did all the weddings, and he was very busy. <laughs> um, and then you know you've got the lions or the big cats that people love. Um, llamas are very popular right now. Um, Why are llamas popular? I don't know. They are, but they're so gorgeous. I just had these gorgeous little llamas called Fable and Whisper at a wedding the other day, and like we made a little bow tie that matched the groomsmen bow ties for the the, the, the little for Fable or Whisper. I can't remember was the girl, and then the little girl had like the little veil on, and it was just gorgeous. But when you have animals, it's like don't work with children and animals. Um, sometimes it can be a little scary. I had this um, Easter event, this client's beautiful house, and the whole back garden was literally, it was all pool and a little bit of grass. And I had a different llama for that event because we had a petting zoo. And um, so we had a llama, we had sheep, we had chickens, rabbits, we had all, you know, little animals for the little people that were coming. So this llama shows up with this guy and um, I say, okay, this is where you're going to be, you know, so start bringing the animals out. So he leads the llama out, but he doesn't. So there's not, there's like a foot between the, the client's end of the house and the pool. It's not that wide. So he stands not between the llama and the pool, but between the llama and the house. So he's walking the llama and he's got like three sheep following behind and three goats and I'm like are they not on a lead he's like no 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 they just follow the llama wherever the llama goes the sheep will follow and I'm like oh dear god so he's walking the llama by the pool and the llama slips and he goes in the pool and I'm like oh my god and there's this massive splash and this like dirty brown llama is now in my client's beautiful pristine pool and I'm thinking oh my god the sheep are gonna fall in next so the sheep are like looking at the pool looking at the llama thinking like where do we go where do we go and I'm like oh my god oh my god and then the Easter bunny runs over and I'm thinking all I need now is the Easter bunny to lift his head off and I've ruined Easter for like 30 kids so anyway the guy drags the llama out the pool the llama is unconscious the llama's lying on the side of the pool and I'm thinking I'm gonna have to give mouth to mouth to the llama or he's, he's dead one or the other and I'm thinking oh my god so I was getting ready to go over to the llama rolling up my sleeves thinking oh I'm gonna have to kiss the llama that I'm thinking well it is you know after COVID it's been quite Barren over the last couple of years, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I'll get in with the llama here. So anyway, I'm going to the llama and all of a sudden it shakes his head and it jumps up and it trots off as if nothing had happened. But I swear to God, I thought the llama was dead and then it was going to be a disaster and I'd never be invited back. And so, yeah, llama drama. That's <laughs> I mean, do you have like, you've got like a, a flower guy and a cake guy and an elephant guy and a llama guy or girl. Yeah, like you've, got, have... you've got on speed dial. If I called yeah. you up now, I'd be like, Charlie, for my podcast next week, I really need, you know, an elephant, a llama, a goat, a puppy pool, and maybe a unicorn. You'd be like, yeah, I, I know yeah. a guy. 
I'm like, I get you that. And even if I didn't, I'd say yes and I'd find it. <laughs> Never say no, you know. And that's the fun part of being an event planner. When they ask you for these crazy things and you think, how the heck am I going to find that? And then you like, you get into the research of it and then you find these people. And it's such a sense of achievement when you find exactly what they want. It's lovely. It's a lovely feeling. <laughs> oh, obviously, you know, a llama nearly dying at an Easter party isn't, isn't wonderful. Presumably, obviously, maybe less dramatic and not involving animals, just the nature of events. And I work in live sport and things just, go wrong you know it, it rains or yeah. well, I don't know, it doesn't rain very often here which actually makes it worse because when it does everything's ruined because you weren't expecting rain. presumably yeah. you must have had between weather and maybe being let down by vendors or other unforeseen non-pandemic events you must have had many many near misses yes yeah over the years there's a collection of stories I swear there's a book there's a book that's to be had and I want to collect it from all my friends and you know it'd have to be anonymous because you wouldn't want to mention whose it was but yeah um weather over here obviously it's beautiful here all the time but there was a couple of years ago pre the summer before covid where it rained solidly in july and you just think well that never happens so but as an event planner you always have to have a plan b and a backup plan anyway even if you're it's the summer in la and it's not going to rain you still have to have a backup plan because you just never know. Um, it's what I do a lot of destination weddings as well. And so, which I love doing. And I was recently in Georgia and there was a massive storm that was due to come through. So we, we literally, we did not know until like the morning of the wedding, whether we were going to be outside or inside. And so that was, you know, you're literally looking at your clock, you're, you're you know, w- watching the hours go by thinking, is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? Shall we go in? Shall we go outside? What do we do? And you have to make split decisions and you hope to God you've made the right decision because there's nothing worse and everybody's sitting out there ready for a ceremony and the heavens open. So yeah, that, that's really, it's very stressful. Not going to lie. People think wedding planning is oh how lovely you go to a party and you swan around and it's you know you're j-lo in the movie and you want to go just spend a day with me are you are you running around with like a headset on and <laughs> yeah here grooms m-i-a grooms oh, M-I-A. Flowers. like is it is it is it very much it's like being a floor manager on a tv show is it yeah it is basically because you're you're handling multiple people multiple vendors all doing different things and when I first started I would try and control every single person and thing and and you can't you just have to trust that the vendors that you've hired are going to do their job and that you've got you've got your a-team so when I first started you know I didn't have the luxury to say you know I have my a-team you know you build that up over years I have 15 years of vendors on my roster now so I know that when I, when I'm hired, I always say, okay, here's my team. Here are my vendors. These are who I like to work with. And there's a reason why I like to work with these people because they're tried, true and tested. They're going to show up. They're going to do an amazing job. You know, I, I feel comfortable. If a client brings me a vendor that I don't know, I've really researched them thoroughly because you get one strike and you're out. I'll never use you again. So it's, it's, you know, it's not to say if someone does bring me a great vendor, that's brilliant. And then they join my roster, but it's scary because I'm touch wood. I've never had a, a, you know, someone not show up and I would kill them if that happens. You know, I, yeah, I've had situations where I've had a DJ 
who I hadn't hired say the completely wrong thing and can ruin an entire wedding, you know, you literally, you know, you get them up against the wall and just say, you'll never work for me again kind of thing. You're not literally, but, you know. I, I don't want to be unromantic, but I remember when we were getting married, I think we wanted a Saturday for a wedding and for like the whole of the year, there was only Fridays and Sundays. And then we got a call from the from the lady saying, oh, good news, somebody split up. So the Saturday is, oh, <laughs> which is, you know, great for us. So we had our Saturday wedding in September. Um, have you had sort of runaway brides or similar, or has everyone, uh, every wedding has, have both the uh, participants made it? Um, I had a, a close call. Oh, I had, I've had a couple like not make it during the planning process, which is always okay. sad, but it, you know, the right thing to do but I had a day before a wedding literally not sure that they were going to go ahead and it was a venue that I had to bring everything in the day before and I had they were all arriving at 9 a.m all the vendors and if if they weren't going to go ahead with it I couldn't and they changed their mind I couldn't do it the next day because you weren't allowed to so I was like you got to make your mind up now because you know um it's now or never kind of thing. And they did, they went ahead with it and they're happy as Larry and they have kids and yeah, you know, some people just panic. And usually it's because they're not, it's not that they don't want to get married. It's sometimes people aren't used to being loved and, and they can't believe their luck that they have this amazing person. And they're not, even though they may have been together a long time, it's interesting. Some people panic because they have this amazing love. And then they're like, Okay, then they just like give into it and then it's all good. So given you've been doing this for 15 years, have you had any client go around twice yet and have a second wedding in your time? Or have you only ever done somebody once? Uh, I've only had somebody once. I've had other people, yes, divorce and then remarry. But sometimes I think that they might, oh, you did the first one, you know, maybe not the second one. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had that yet. <laughs> what? What are you like at events which you're not working at? So if you're at somebody's fancy birthday party or similar, are you walking around sort of checking the linen and, and looking at your watch going, oh, you know, why isn't this person on yet? And this is all a bit disappointing. Are you a sort of, not necessarily say it to the host, but do you sort of look around and can you sort of not stop working when it comes to other people's parties? Uh, I try not to, because I really want to just enjoy it if I'm at an event. But it's really hard, you know, when you see something and you know it could be better or look better, it's really hard not to go and change it, you know, or straighten a linen or, you know, straighten a, a glass or something that's wonky. You know, it's very hard not to do that. But I'm pretty, yeah, it's not my place. So I just, I just try and enjoy it for what it is, you know. So I think I've been to... I think three of your events, all, all the same one, but the you organised the the Burn Supper, which for those, especially this, given this podcast is about whiskey, most of the people should know what Burns is, but the, the annual yeah. celebration of Robbie Burns and lots of whiskey and haggis and so on. And you did an amazing event with BAFTA at uh, the Fairmont Um I think, it, I think it was three of them I went to. And it was beautiful. And I think that was the first time I'd ever been to any of your events. I don't get invited to some of these llama weddings that you do. <laughs> but just, you know, the way it was set up with the candles and the tables looked beautiful and the right use of tartan. You know, it was they were really amazing events. And, you you know, you can, with this podcast, there'll be a picture of one of those that will be coming up. And it is, 
You must get a tremendous sense of pride. I think because the venues here are so spectacular. This isn't the back room of the, you know, the pig and whistle in, you know, <laughs> the dirty, cold part of the north of England. I mean, these are amazing venues. But when you walk into a room and you know that you created it, does that, that must give you a real sense of achievement. I love it. I love when, um, like when you walk into the bungalow, the Fairmont, and you and guests see the room for the first time and you see the, there's like an intake of breath and then they get the cameras out. And I, and I love that because I'm create, creating a memory, a sensory feeling, I'm, an emotion in people that will make, that makes them happy. And that fills me with such such joy I, I just love it like at the end of a show you get to come forward do your bow and the audience claps you don't get that when you do events but I get that same sense of excitement just from watching people's reactions and watching people have a lovely time and I'm creating memories and for people forever and that's my um that's my like applause at the end of a show I love it no I, I can see that obviously let's talk a little bit about as we sort of have to do the pandemic. So, I mean, you know, pre-pandemic, I was working for a technology company. We specialised in trade shows and our whole thing, obviously, we, we weren't trying to make events beautiful in the way you were, but we built these very clever technology-based trade show stands. Incredible business, loved it. And then, yeah. obviously, on March the 13th, the show started getting cancelled. And, you know, some people said it'll be a month. Other people yeah. said it'll be the rest of the year. But the world just disappeared. And that the opportunity to connect with other humans in a mass setting suddenly went from all we want to do to something that we weren't allowed to do. So before we, I mean, obviously from a business point of view, obviously it must have been incredibly tough for you, but just from a, given your whole life, as you just said now, is about creating memories and bringing people together. How difficult has this period been? Not from a you know, a financial sense, but from a just robbing you of the chance to let people make memories with each other? Yeah, you know, Dan, that's a really good question because it it was, I mean, I didn't see anybody for over a, a year hardly because I, I didn't do any events. I I wouldn't do any weddings. They were, they were going on, but I, I wouldn't do them because it, I, we weren't allowed to and too dangerous. Um but it was it was awful just not being able to be with people and create these memories. And my heart just went out to all my brides. I mean, the conversations that I have with my lovely brides that just their dreams, they've waited their whole life to have this wedding, you know, and the weddings are all planned and then they have to put them on hold for a year. And when we thought we were just, like you said, moving them for two weeks, I had a wedding cancel that March, you know, the first day of lockdown, I had a wedding on the Saturday. We're now about to do that wedding now and coming up in February. Wow. You know, she's waiting. She's had a baby in that time as well. <laughs> you know, it, just, it was just heartbreaking. You know, when you've got the brides crying on the phone that, oh, my God, they can't have their wedding. But they were amazing. All my couples were absolutely amazing with the transition. We, I moved everybody's wedding probably three, four times and I, every time I did it, I just kept saying, we need to do this with kindness. We need to do this with love in our hearts. This is hideous for everybody. I only had like maybe one couple that weren't, you know, in that mindset, um, which was heartbreaking, but most of them were very lovely and just 
just went with it and trusted me. Because when you move away, it's, it was so much work for us because you move the date. So then you have to go to all your 20 vendors and make sure that that vendor is available on that date. And then you had to find dates. It, it was just hideous and so much time trying to make sure that you didn't mess anything up or miss somebody or miss a vendor. Um, it was a hideous, hideous time. But I guess most of it will be done now. The frustrating part as well is, you know, events need a lead in time. Yeah. So you're not just making a judgment about, you know, whether you can have a wedding on Saturday. It's whether you can do something in three months' time. Because obviously, as we've just seen this winter, you know, certainly in England, I think they 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 gave up on the pandemic. I, think, I, I can't work out who cared less about the pandemic, whether it's sort of Texas, Florida or England. But there's certainly yeah. places where... You know, two months ago, life, you you wouldn't have even known there was a pandemic. There was barely a mask in sight. Everyone's down the pub. It's all, yeah. And then all of a sudden, everything stopped again. So for you, from a planning point of view, presumably there were times you thought you could start again, and then you had to stop yeah. it. Must make it even more difficult. Yeah, it's because you think, oh, great, we're allowed to do a wedding. Great, let's do the wedding. And then and then, literally, we had one wedding. We couldn't do the wedding. It went from like 150 people. You were only allowed 20 people. Well, how do you cut your guest list down in a short space of time? And then all the rules came in about vaccination cards. A lot of, of hotels, you have to show your vaccination card now, which is great. So then that was extra work as well, because then you have to get all the guests to email in your their vaccination cards to you. And then there's all those legalities of having everybody's, you know, personal information with the, with the vaccination cards where the lawyer then comes in, you know, and had to have a, we did a show with him about that. And so there was all these things that we had to learn and, um, and all the extra work that it takes to make this a, a safe place to have a wedding and safe pe- for people to gather. Um, but, you know, you can't charge well, some people did, but you can't charge clients. That's not their fault. They didn't, you know, make this pandemic happen. And and now we've got the issue when they're redoing the weddings, all the, the prices have shot up. You know, how everything has gone up. Flowers are more expensive now. Rentals are more expensive. Their fees are more expensive. Everything has gone up. Mm. So it's it's very hard. And my job was to just guide everybody and keep everyone calm and just and just make the transition as smooth as possible. Did all of your vendors survive the pandemic or did you lose some businesses that you work with? A lot of the big ones, most of the big ones all survived. Um, I think some of the little ones, a lot of the little ones have you know, gone away and a lot of people transitioned. Um, it's a tough business, a hard business, you know, you're on your, it's, it's exhausting. You're, you're on your feet, you know, 20 hours a day is exhausting. And I think it made people think about what they wanted out of their life. Do I want to keep doing this? Do I want this kind of lifestyle? Um, and I think a lot of people left the business because they reevaluated and a lot of people went into real estate. Um, so yeah, a lot, it was a lot of, there aren't a lot of changes that happened in the last two years. Mm. Well, actually, I hadn't appreciated that you'd get in the middle of the vaccination stuff. So if now, yeah. Like in the world we're in today, if somebody's getting married in the next few months, when you send the invitation, mm-hmm. presumably yeah, for a California wedding, do you yeah. have to put in the small print, you know, please come to a wedding in brackets, but only if you're vaccinated or yeah. you 
prove that you're not, you know, you've got an exemption. Literally, it's like, you know, um, please, you know, we'd love you to attend if you are vaccinated. If you are not vaccinated, please decline. You know, some people go as far as that. And it all depends. Everybody has their different levels of safety and comfort. You know, different people have people in their family that are immune compromised. So they want to make sure that they're super safe. And other people are like, well, just send in your vaccination card. And if you if you're not vaccinated, have a PCR test three days before and then send me the negative test. So I have all these things coming in my inbox, you know, hundreds of, of things coming in daily, which we didn't have before. In the way that, you know, there's been some, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's been some very loose discussions about, like, are they going to move the Super Bowl away from California because of potential issues? Um, some companies have moved away. Have you had, because I know you obviously do destination weddings as well, have you heard people saying, I just want to get married in Texas or Florida so I don't have to worry about any of this stuff or, or not? No, I haven't had that. And I don't think I would be comfortable with that. I don't know if I would want to do that. But I did have this, uh, the wedding that was in Georgia was supposed to be in Malibu originally. And um, yeah, the location did not want to do um, weddings because of COVID. And so, yeah, we moved it to Georgia. Well, there was a family tie, of course, to that. It wasn't just a random pin in the map thing. But um, yeah, it is different over there in Georgia. But lost venues as it were places that used to like having 200 people turn up and now don't want to operate in the wedding space there are some places that have you no know, not not as many people are allowed at the wedding but most of the, all the hotels have followed the guidelines because there was times when you could have you could only have 100 people inside you could only have a certain amount of people outside so a um, all of the hotels have really been very strict about that following the CDC guidelines. And so people have had to cut their guest lists accordingly. Um, and some people have gone away and done a very small wedding and then we'll have a bigger party when they're able to. So, so many changes and you just have to go with what everybody's comfortable with and what the guidelines are. Cause obviously I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, obviously masks weren't a thing. And then yeah. You know, it was sort of bandanas and cloth masks, and then obviously it's become N95. But I've been to a few events over the last six months, sort of fancy-ish events, where I'm still sort of wearing the same mask. But very well-dressed people are turning up with beautiful masks that match <laughs> their outfits and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Presumably, given the space you're in, you must see some great mask innovations. Yes, I love it. I just there's some beautiful white masks that the brides have or clear ones. Um, I love it when people have their masks that match their dress. Uh, you know, when we will wear black in my team, we know we're doing a wedding, so everyone wears black. But yeah, people have been very sort of creative about what they've done with their masks. And I it's I guess it's a way to have fun. If you're gonna wear a mask, let's make it a pretty one, you know, a safe, pretty one. Yeah. so I, lo I do love that excellent yeah very it's very good. creative it's a very creative job so what in the next so let's assume that hopefully the world goes back to a version of normal and as you've said things are, are much more like normal in your world maybe plus masks but in three to five years what are the trends going to be in wedding weddings or events in terms of i don't know 
animals, food, like, <laughs> like what what do you think is coming in your space or you're beginning to see now that's going to be, everyone's going to have at their wedding in five years' time? Well, during the pandemic, it was really interesting and, in, you know, coming out of it, like, you know, the big extravagant weddings, yes, lovely, but it really went to the space where, Brian, it that wasn't what was important. Brides were more important about their guests. It suddenly became about what can we do for our guests to make this an incredible, you know, experience. So weddings became smaller and more intimate and it became more personal. And I think that was lovely. And so that, that trend has kind of continued and I think will continue. You're still going to have the most beautiful, extravagant, lavish weddings. Great. That's lovely. But I do think it's, Brides have become very much more about the guest experience, which I love. Um, that's that's a that's a lovely trend that I hope will continue. And we had all the micro weddings that was very trendy in 2020. You know, this really small, small weddings. Um, but I think that will be a little trend that will continue. And maybe because I think this is going to continue for a while. This you know, COVID's not going to go away in the next year, two years. Yeah. Trends wise, I know I just love like different trends. Let's be a trendsetter. Let's think of different things for weddings. I mean, there was like the stage where we had the burlap and the the mason jars. You know, that was a trend at one time. Um, you know, there's I we get the colors that come through every year. The Pantone colors. I think next year is it's actually the the cornflower blue, which is my company color. Yeah. Blue. So that that's fun. I've got a lot of blues coming in this year. Um, I think a lot of bright colors. I think people are going for happy and bright and let's do, you know, really beautiful, bright, vibrant colors, which is lovely. Um, I love, I love that brightness because we have a lot of the blush and the creams and the champagnes, which of course is classic and gorgeous and will never go out of style. But I love it when people push the boat out and do something really different. I don't know if it was a trend or not, but we were 13 years ago. We were orange, as we called it, burnt orange. Orange. <laughs> so, yeah, burnt orange was the sort of colour at the time. So that was what our flowers were and that was what uh, the corsages, all that sort of stuff. So I don't know if that's coming back or even if it was ever trendy, but it worked for us. So. Yeah, no, uh, that's a really, the fall colours are really lovely. You'll see that in, you know, sort of a more the autumn time for us over here which I, you know, which is lovely. I just did a gorgeous wedding in December, which was bright velvet blues and then all oh, these gorgeous, rich colours of, oh, it was so lovely. Yeah, I love that. And, it's, and be a trendsetter, try and think of different things that people haven't done before. That's, I love that. Actually, one thing I just thought of actually, because, oh, I remember we talked to our wedding photographer who, she loved our wedding because, I mean, I know they... They always say we, your wedding was the best wedding we've ever been to because she's paid to say that. But also because because we were mixed culture, so we had like an English wedding, then we had some Israeli dancing, then we had we changed clothes and ended up in our like African outfits because obviously my wife's Ghanaian. Um, yeah. And I remember she was saying she wants to do more mixed race or mixed culture weddings because they can be more interesting. But presumably, you must have had some, particularly in this part of the world where it's such a vibrant culture here presumably you've had some quite fun mixed culture weddings so you might have yeah. elephants on one side but then you know something from another culture on another 
Yeah, I love that. I've had an African wedding, you know, and, and we'd have African dancers at the end of the aisle. Um, I loved that. That was, yeah, when you have the mixed cultures and the mixed religion as well, when you have a rabbi and then you have an officiant, you know, and then I've had an, um, a Catholic priest all under a chuppah, you know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And you marry the both of the, the religions and the faiths and the cultures and yeah, that comes then into the design. How is it going to look? Because you have to marry both the cultures. You know, I yeah, that that is all fascinating. I love that. Did you jump the broom as well? Yeah, so we did. We had, we had the whole thing, smashing yeah. glasses, jumping brooms, being carried up on chairs. Yeah. And then we changed outfits. It was all it was all very exciting. I um, love that. So I, I'm conscious. Of, I, I've talked more about weddings tonight than I have. <laughs> In like your entire life. 14 years ago. Um, so... Um, I want to bring this to the a close, I'm afraid. Um, so I have a standard final question, which we ask every guest, which is okay. if you could have any whiskey with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, what would it be, and where would it be? Oh, my gosh. And you didn't get any time to think about this, did you? Um, okay. I want to meet President Obama. Yeah, interesting. Okay. I would love to meet Obama. And then on the flip side, I want to meet Marilyn Monroe. Okay. And Jean Kelly. One. That's sort of how this works. Can I just have one? Okay. Can I have three? Okay. Obama, I want to meet him in Washington in the White House. I want to go to the Oval Office and sit and talk with him and Michelle. I want them, I'd love to talk to both of them. Yeah, that's sort of cheating, but we'll let you have that. Okay. okay. And then Marilyn Monroe, I would love to meet Marilyn Monroe and sit and have cocktails with her somewhere in some classic place in Hollywood. And Jean Kelly, I just want to dance with Jean Kelly. I just want to, oh gosh, I adore Jean Kelly. So yeah, I, I had his um, wife, Patricia, on my show. Um, wonderful, wonderful lady. Just, I mean, could continue talking to her for hours and hours and hours. She was just incredible. So. Amazing. Charlie, this has been amazing. So look, Charlie King, wedding designer, uh, <laughs> person who nearly nearly had to save the life of a drowning llama uh, <laughs> but also who has made the day for many many couples over the years thank you very much for being part of the podcast thank you for having me dan it was wonderful mm, i love scotch 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 yep. and don't forget to not just follow us on Twitter and Instagram at US of Dramerica, but also ask us questions and comment and say nice things. And please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if the mood takes you, you can leave us a review as uh, feedback is always welcome. And drink whiskey. Slonchevar. <laughs>